This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. Boys, girls, non-binaries, children of all ages, welcome to another board games edition of the MFG cast. <laughs> You're just staring at me like, okay. Uh, we are going to be continuing our alphabet game, continuing with the letter E. For elephant. Yes, lots of, actually probably not as many E games as we did. Elaborate. The, the D or C games that we talked about recently. But, yeah, there's a few out there, but before we do that, let's talk about what we've been playing recently. Okie dokie. Alrighty. So we just, actually, we just played a couple of games today. As we're recording this, that kind of doesn't really matter to you, but I had fun with them. The first... What do you mean it doesn't matter to them? Well, it doesn't matter. I'm sure they like to hear what games we're playing. No, I meant, like, it doesn't matter that we played them today. Oh, When they're listening to it, it's like, well, maybe it is later. It would not be the same day. Exactly. True. So, okay. Uh, the first one we played is called Vamp on the Batwalk. This is designed by John Simontoff. I hope I'm getting that right. Artist Michael Rankin and produced by or published by Jellyfish Game Studios. This is a game I had actually seen on Twitter quite a bit. And Cody from Jellyfish Game Studios followed us and we followed them. And uh, I just thought this was kind of a fun looking game and he had a sale on it. So we picked it up, and this is kind of a fun one. It's like, it's a trick-taking game, but it's you can actually see everyone else's cards. So it's, it's kind of a cool, it turns the trick-taking game kind of on its head. Yeah, I would call it like a blind. Blind-taking? Tri- trick-taking game, blind sort trick-taking. of. Yeah. Like, you blindly play the card that you want to take the trick with. Yeah. In hopes that you made the right choice. Yeah, for sure. And the... Like, depending upon what you have, takes the trick. So, like, you're leading with colors and stuff like that, but other things come into play, like, uh, what is it? Like, a star, you have one star card per color, and stars beat high numbers, the highest card. And then uh, garlic beats the star card. And then they also have a special thing that if you play the same number, um, but in a different color as the person that led with whatever card or whatever card is leading the trick, you actually take the trick then. And then, as, uh, as well, with another rule with the matching the numbers or whatever, even though you're taking the lead on the trick, regardless of if you win the trick or not, you get you get a bonus point for doing the match of the numbers. The number match. Yep. yep. And so either the first. Vampire that goes on the batwalk, going down the batwalk is basically your vampires that are walking down the... Their game board. Yeah, yeah. But I meant, like, it what they, what it would be in all actuality. Like, like a catwalk is people dressing yeah. in designs and walking down a runway. 
if you get down to the end of the runway before everybody else, which is the 10 points, or whoever has the most points after three rounds wins the game. Yep. Yeah. Like, it's really light. It's it, it's kind of hard, actually, because it's you're trying to figure out what cards you have, kind of blind guessing, but also trying to see what everybody else has, too. But not all the cards are even in play. Yep. So you can't do the process of elimination necessarily either because you have a stack of there's a stack of cards that are set aside also so you can see what the other players have but you can't assume that you have like you can't do complete deduction of oh i see that so and so has a four and a three of this color i must have a one and a garlic and This other person has a star because that wouldn't necessarily be how it works. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun. I I don't know. I've always liked trick taking games, so this is an easy one. And it's I feel just like a different, a different way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. And I like, I like that it's easy to pick up, easy to learn. Like anybody can play this game. You know, it's one of those like, even though I don't know what it says on the box, it's like I think anybody, any kid that's even maybe as young as like four or five years old up to, you know, a hundred years old could play it. So what, what is it? Six player up to six players. Uh, I think it's, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's six standees. Two to six. Yep. And then they have a special, Mm -hmm. special two player variant where you put out an, uh, like a dummy character or whatever. Yep. And then they randomly put out cards left to right because you're, you're putting out their cards and you can actually see them all. And then play them one by one each round and stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting. And then if they beat you on the catwalk, then they they win the game and oh, you guys it's, lose. Yeah, I think. I think it's like if they get to five points, they automatically win and you lose, which yep. is, it's harsh. <laughs> yeah, but they never won when we did Yeah, that. which is good. Because we played it at two and at three and players. And at three, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, fun. I like to get. I'd actually like to play this at multiple players too, just to see how. Well, like not you mean multiple. More than I meant three more. Players? Yeah, I meant like. I'm like maybe at the did. full at the full six because my family likes, you know, trick taking games. I think your family likes it too, but it it'd be kind of cool to see that at its maximum player count, just to see if it changes up a little bit. Yeah. Because then you get more cards in play. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. The next one we played was uh, a game that we are going to be reviewing here coming up, but we got a couple, <laughs> more than a couple plays in it today, is Lost Cities Roll and Write. Uh, that's by Cosmos, designed by Reiner Knizia. Artist is Bernard Wagonfield. Boy, I just feel like I always just butcher these people's names, but you know what? I think I get a pass, because I've been, my, la- my last name's been bur- butchered my whole life. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't know that we want to talk about this one. No, but I mean, we could just kind of talk about like, hey, everyone, it's a rolling ride, <laughs> Lost Cities. I've never played the um, the original the Lost original Cities. Lost Cities, mm-hmm. so I don't know how it compares. No, I mean, granted, it's a rolling right, mm-hmm. so they they don't necessarily be even. Maybe just the theme yeah, would be the same. But mm-hmm. otherwise, I don't know what Lost Cities is like. Yeah. I hear people like it. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because, like, the game is supposed to be about expeditions, the roll and write, at least. Like, the colors are expeditions, and it, like, it's just basically kind of... To me, it's like a 
just a pasted on theme. Like you could put anything there. Oh yeah. And be like, hey, this is the roll. This is the roll and write part of it. But I don't know. F- as a as a first look or first impressions, I'm digging it so far. So. Oh yeah. Well, we, we played it. We played the. For a lack of trying to think of any other good um, statement about it, we played the crap out of it we today. We did. We did. As two and, and three players. Yeah, yep. So. Yeah. It's nice to get different player counts, too, just to see. Yeah. But, yep, I'd like to, pl- uh, you know, we're going to play this some more. We Again, we played a bunch already, but I think I want to, you know, I'd like to try different strategies on it just to see. I was. You Were you? Uh-huh. Nice. I, I kind of I kind of was, too. But I want to be more. I think, I think these first couple of games, I just wanted to see like if I how many points I could get. You know, like obviously that's the whole point of get of most games is to get the most points to win the game. But I now I'm gonna want I want to see because they have different things that kind of uh, combo you know in the game. So I'd like to see how those work out. So uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, just take a look. Um, we'll probably be releasing our review here coming out in a week or two so look out for that yeah. all right oh um do we want to talk about um what we played last weekend oh my gosh i don't i don't even I, remember what I we do. did we could talk about that too let's do it we played role player oh that's um, right fiends and familiars yeah you played it as a solo i did player mm-hmm. and then we also played it as a um, two-player game mm-hmm. um, you and i played it and then you introduced it to mike yeah that's right too um we played a couple games of it yeah we did um, last weekend mm-hmm. i really like it adds another element to the original base game of role player mm-hmm. adds another Basically, I would say a lot attributes line. So for those of you who've played role player before, a dice game, apparently our theme is kind of dicey. Well, no, not really, because vamp on the catwalk is not, or the vamp on the batwalk. No. Well, see, I don't even know. But basically adds another attribute um, row for you to try to accomplish in the game of role player and adds... Some additional elements to the already standing base game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the other stat column that you're talking about is the familiar that gets added on to the top. Yep. Which is cool because it, you know, for role player, you're usually rolling higher, but for the familiars, you're actually rolling lower, which is kind of a cool, like, it's a different thing, you know, because like you're just, most of the time you're just wanting these high, these high, these high dice. This kind of like turns it on its head a little bit, and then which they have cool yeah, powers. it's a whole different way of thinking because mm-hmm. you might have to get your score between what seven and eight, or even mm-hmm. five and six. Yeah, for sure. But then, as you place the dice, then they help you to possibly activate one of the other attributes, like the dexterity one or mm. the intelligence one, or something like that. That might help you to manipulate dice on your board otherwise. Yeah. It also what introduces the fiends. Yep. Is that what they are? Yep, the um, fiends. Yeah. That kind of cause um, some ruckus along the way or prevent you from doing certain things. Like you might not be able to do certain actions through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it also introduces monsters yep. that you can fight to be able to kind of amp up your. Why would you fight them? I can't remember. You get more points for the end of the game. Oh, yeah. You get more points for the end of the game. 
and then you um, then you fight this big. Well, the minions are what you fight during the game, and then at the end you, you find you the fight big, the monster, the big bad monster. Yep, for points. For points. Yep. That you can add to your score at the end of the game. Yeah, and I like that it adds like these combat dice, so you get these cool like red and red and orangish kind of combat dice, and then you also get experience cubes to kind of help you out through the game. So like the experience cubes can help you like get rid of your fiends. They can help you re-roll dice and stuff like that. It just it adds a lot more to it, and I'm really glad that we mm-hmm. got it. And I kind of it's funny because like the other day I was like, man, I really just want to play something. And I had forgotten that we'd gotten this expansion, and it just... I don't even know when we got it. No, it's been so long, and it's like, oh, God, I love this game, too, the, so the why only did we do that? beef I... Not beef. I wouldn't say beef. The only thing I kind of struggle with in this game is they... It's a cool concept. They have, like, dice that they've added on it that are, like, the option for two colors, but they're hard to see. Yeah, it is kind of so. Like they'll they'll say, "Hey, this dice can be black or it can be green," and they only go up to a value of four. So it could have two pips on the green side, two pips on the black side, but they're hard to see. Yeah. Uh, based on the color. Yeah. Or they'll mix blue and red or, you know, something like that. And then you can place them however you want, and they'll count for each of the colors. So they really help you. They're just really hard to hard to kind of glance at. Like, you really have to look at them. Like, you can't look at somebody else's board and see what they've got going on because it has to be right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I think the problem is is how they made the dice. is like, it's got the two colors, but the, the dice is so weird. I don't know what it's made out of, but sometimes when you look at the different you know, where the pips on a colors, you're like, okay, what is this? And it's for some reason, it's hard for you to realize like, oh, that's a three or, oh, that's a four because they're, they're halved with the colors, you know, and like one color is almost dug into the dice more and the other is just kind of rounded off at the top. But it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's weird. I, I don't think that's the choice of like how I would have made those dice, but. I wonder if they would have made them clear or something Mm -hmm. or tried to, Co-mingle, swirl the colors, and then done the pips in different colors on the top or something. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm almost wondering if people who are colorblind, if that's actually makes it worse or better. Did Mike have a problem with them? Mike didn't have a problem with them. I don't know. And I know he's colorblind, but then again, it's like, okay, like... I'm sure there's certain extents to them. We've also played the game before, so I don't know if he's used to it. I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to ask him that question, actually, just to see. Yeah. So yeah. that's really my only, like, gripe. Like, it doesn't make me not like the game. No. I just, I saw them at first. I was like, oh, that's a cool concept. Like, a cool concept in the fact that, like, one of the, it could be either or color. But yeah. it, then I looked at them more and I'm like, God, those are hard to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Maybe it's a color selection mm-hmm. that they made. Maybe they would be okay if they didn't pick that shade of color. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, you know, if you're listening to this, what's your opinion on it? Have you played this? Is Does it affect you at all? Are you bothered by it? Or are you just, you know, whatever. Just you play it and you don't care about that thing. Just let us know. All right. Well, I Sorry I went on a tangent Oh, no, it's that. okay. I like, I like talking about stuff like that. So let's get into what we decided to pick for our e-game. Yeah. So we actually have actually a decent amount of e's for what I thought 
would be ease out there actually because you don't you don't commonly think of like e being a letter that starts a game for the most part but we do have a few things out there we have um edge of humanity by golden egg games we've got encore by uh stronghold we've got the epic card game from um i think it's white wizard who does that uh there's era medieval age which i really enjoy by plan b games the everdell games and their expansions we've got everdell with the pearl book and the spire spire crest uh expansions we've got a couple of exit games but the game that we wanted to talk about is epic resort by floodgate games this is a game that i think introduced us to well uh, i think this is the was this was sagrada the first game we played by them or was it this i think it was sagrada first I don't know. They might have gone hand in hand. Yeah. Like this was our first introduction really to meeting the company. Yeah. I would say as a whole because we have a lot of interactions with them when we attend kind of the north. Yeah. I almost wonder if we went there and we were like, well, we'd want to talk to them about Sagrada. And then we saw that Epic Resort is there and then we probably just bought it because we're like, oh, this looks kind of cool. Oh, we were because we were introduced to Epic Resort by Ben Harkin, mm-hmm. who published, or didn't he? He made the game. He made and, the game, and he runs Floodgate Games. Yep. Yeah. So hi, Ben. So, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he basically gave us a rundown of Epic Resort, mm-hmm. probably the first con that we attended. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so too. But we didn't, didn't bet, uh, not Ben, didn't Mike buy this game for you though? Yeah, he did actually. Now that I think about it. So I almost wonder I'm if... I'm so confused. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now it's like, oh my god. Yeah, no. Mike's we... really Mike's really good about getting games just kind of out of nowhere. And then we actually bought the expansion eventually at the con. But I think that's after... Maybe he that. introduced the expansion to us. Yeah. And that's where we met him. I don't know. Either way, we end up stopping at their booth every time we attend con in the north. Mm-hmm. But we decided we wanted to highlight this game because we didn't want to pick one that would have would be so common, like Everdell. Mm-hmm. Or I feel like a lot of people don't haven't heard of this game. No, no, it's one of those it's one of those games by Floodgate that kind of sits at the wayside. You know, I think uh, I think I think I remember. Um, Oh, what's that arena game that they have? The small arena game that Paige from Board, Ga- Board Games Co. He really liked it. And I can't remember. It's like one of those small box ones that John Gilmore did. And he was like, this is just a game that, that I really dig that I think is amazing. And like nobody knows about it from Floodgate because everybody's mostly thinking about Sagrada, Sagrada, Sagrada. You know? Oh, yeah, because that's what it was all about. Yeah. But this game is fun because it's it's a little different. It's like you're hi- tra- hiring and training workers and you're getting these attractions and you're getting everybody to come to your resort and you're building these cool spots or whatever to get people to come to your resort and you get more money by building better attractions and stuff like that. And it's just this interesting back and forth. It's like a hand management Almost kind of a deck building game mixed in with some... What's the other thing I'm trying to think of? Worker placement. 
because you're trying to get your workers on the on the boards, but then you're also trying to attract customers and stuff like that. And it's a it's a fun little deal, and and the art is fun too. It's got a. I think it's a really colorful game. Yeah, yeah, it's got a real cute fantasy theme to it. It feels like. Mm-hmm. And then you're also hiring, you're hiring heroes too because. During the game, you've got these monsters that are also trying to attack and burn your resort down. So you have to be careful trying to fight off everything, too. So, you you know, the, these resorts attract, you know, keep these attractions up that everybody likes. You can, you can actually lose attractions, which I think is kind of cool, too. It's kind of an interesting setup on how to do that. So I think what's cool about it, too, is that the monsters can destroy your resort or you can defend them, but you never know when they're going to come. Mm-hmm. So they're shuffled in the deck just like all of the um, the guests are. So as you basically use your money to use your money, don't you? No, you don't. As you basically yeah, you lure, yeah. yeah, you lure these guests into your your resort to stay and to hang out or whatever then you have the potential to flip over a monster and then the monsters have certain spots that they attack. So just because the monster flipped over then doesn't mean it's going to maybe attack me. It has certain stipulations on what it will attack. It could attack the person who has the most people Mm -hmm. at the resort or it could attack uh, the middle resort or the person with the most money Mm -hmm. or, you know, there's certain... Uh, things that it attacks at that time. So, and it always changes and sometimes they're harder than others. Sometimes they'll attack more than once. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll have, like, it'll be a double attack. Yeah. And they could, you can defend the attack, but they also can just completely annihilate your, like a resort you just built. It's really annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so during this game you're spent you're yeah, you're actually spending gold to hire hire heroes and get attractions and then you're also spending what they call flair to attract oh, right. your customers and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I really enjoy this game. It's it's a fun back and forth. You can actually mix out different workers that help out during the game. Some of them are a little harder to work with than others and stuff like that, so it but some of them actually help, like, can help work in spots more. So then it helps, like, keep Based on your, the type of attraction. Yeah, exactly. So then yep. it kind of keeps your customers there. Because if you're... It, look, one of the cool things about this game is, like, the flare part is, like, if you don't have enough, like, fun things that are around, your customers are like, this is boring. I'm going to go over here, you know? Which mm-hmm. I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. So, so you can... Yeah, the the nice part about the workers is you can mix and match them at the beginning of the game to decide which ones you want to have out. There's also a worker that you automatically have in your hand called the Lazy Peon. And I think we get two in our hand at the start of the game. And the Lazy Peon can be used to basically stop the monster from attacking your yeah. resort if... It's targeting you. Yeah. So basically, you're like, you're like, here's a sacrifice. This lazy peon here. Have yeah. <laughs> this guy's worthless. Boom. Yeah. But you only have two, so you have to use them wisely because once you use it, it's out of the game. Yeah. 
But it's interesting because it's in your hand, so it might just hold... It's basically... Yeah, it's kind of a chafe card. Yeah, I view it as a chafe card until Mm -hmm. it's beneficial for you to have to use it. So if you don't see monsters for a while, it's going to be chafing your hand until you utilize it. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the game, you're going to count all the victory points that you have on all the resorts. Not just the... Because you basically are upgrading these resorts along the way. So you're going to count the victory points on all the resorts. So as you're stacking them and covering up other ones, your guests go away that are on there. And then you basically start over again. And then you're going to count all the victory points in each of the stacks because there's you're basically housing three resorts in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then you're counting those victory points on those resorts and on any heroes that you were able to keep in front of your resort and then upgrade entirely, right? Yeah, because you're taking a little heart token, and once it gets to the end of their thing, you basically they've they charged or they, something. Yeah, they've like helped you like defend mm-hmm. this, so you get the points for them. Yep, and so you count. Those are the only victory points you count, I right? Think so yeah, and then whoever has the highest wins. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty fun. Like the components, like like they have real wooden like heart things that you use Mm -hmm. um yellow and blue meeples to keep track of like your flair and your money like we said it's pretty colorful like the resorts um all have different clever names the uh, characters all are different and they have special abilities i believe on what they can do to help you out um the monsters and all that kind of stuff there's a lot of things in this game yeah for sure and then they have what one expansion they to have this a game? smaller a smaller a small ish expansion called villains vacation the villains vacation but yeah i don't think a lot of people have heard about this and mm. i don't know we put it's a pretty great game yeah I takes really up like a lot of uh space on your yeah table. it definitely does we definitely tried to play kind of a, it um a space hog. on a smaller table the last time we played it and we were like what the heck (laughs) like we just we hadn't played it for a little bit so we just didn't we didn't remember how much space yeah this took but it takes up way more space than you'd assume yeah for sure yeah but yeah it's not bad please two to four players about an hour an hour and a half maybe two hours if you're learning it yeah i just really enjoy it i really enjoy it a lot I just wanted to point out some of the artists that work. There's actually a lot of artists that have worked on this game. Oh, yeah? Jackie Davis, if that's how you say your name, I think they're French. I apologize if I don't get it right. Mark D. Hansen, Kelly McClellan, and Peter Walken. So it's it's uh, it's got a great look. It plays well. It's fun. Un- very underrated game. So if you ever get a chance, say hi to the people at Floodgate and grab a copy. Or just go to your... Go to your local game store and grab one because it's. I know I really enjoy it, and I feel like if you like, if you like fantasy games, if you like hand management, worker placement, yeah, something that's monsters. I feel like it's not really hard to learn, not very hard to play. Yeah, it's really it's worth it. If you like to build resorts and then have them destroyed right away, this <laughs> yeah. is the game for you. This is the game for you. Yeah, if you want something snuggly and cuddly and, like, lovely, this is not the game no. for you. This game is brutal. No, it's just brutal. And it's well, like, it can be brutal because y- there's, like, flame tokens and it can start your stuff on fire. And that's true. What not, too. But That is true. 
I think that you should check it out. For sure. Yeah. So that's it for us at the MFG cast. We've talked about our e-games. Next next time, we'll, we'll probably do our review of the Lost Cities Rolling Right. So look out for that. And until next time, I am Kurt. And I'm Tracy. And this was the MFG cast. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.